The standoff continues between Mayor Lightfoot and the Chicago Teachers Union. Classes are canceled today for the fourth day in a row in the nation's third largest school district. CTU President Jesse Sharkey says both sides remain, quote, far apart on a number of key features. But the mayor says the city is working to get a deal done. What the Chicago Teachers Union did was an illegal walkout. They abandoned their posts and they abandoned kids and their families. Um, We are working diligently every single day at the bargaining table to narrow the differences and to get a deal done. The mayor is being relentless, but she's being relentlessly stupid. She's she's being relentlessly stubborn. She's, She's relentlessly refusing to seek accommodation. And we're trying to find a way to get people back from school. Joining us now with the latest is WBEZ education reporter Sarah Karp. Hey, Sarah. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. How are you doing? Have you been sleeping? <laughs> because you've been uh, at it all weekend. Yeah, you know, I was sort of complaining that the mayor threw us off a little bit because she said last night that, that they were negotiating through the night. So I kept having these, like, ideas that maybe um, somebody, you know, maybe they'd come to a deal at like 3 and 30 in a.m. Right. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I, I got a text, I think it was like, from Pier One, you know, advertising like thirty percent off at like in the middle of the night, and I like jumped up. To look at it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I no, bet that's not anything. Well, before we get into it, we want to hear from you, listeners. If you're a CPS parent and you're listening right now, tell us what your experience has been like over the past few days. I know I have some stories, and you do too. And tell us what you would like to see from the district and the union. Our number is eight six six nine one five. WBEZ. Again, 866-915-WBEZ. So bring us up to speed on the sticking points right now, Sarah. So, you know, there's still kind of similar, though. Um, One thing that Jesse Sharkey said this morning is that the union has made some compromises. I don't really know the details of those compromises, but essentially there's still disagreement on what benchmark should be set for the number of staff and students that are um, out being quarantined due to COVID that should then result in an entire school being flipped to remote. So that's that's definitely one one place. Now, both the school district and the union, you know, have different theories on this. But one good thing is that the school district actually believes that there should be or is okay with there being a metric because for many, many months they fought against that. Mm -hmm. Um, The other issue is on um, how to accomplish this goal of having the school district test 10% of randomly selected students. So there's um, a CDC guidance that says that if you can test a random selection of students every week, then you will have a better way to slow the spread of COVID because you'll kind of like be able to see hot spots before they kind of erupt, right? Mm-hmm. But right now, the testing program that the school districts has, people have to opt in, and it's basically opting in to be tested once a week. So yeah. what we have is like 50,000 kids who the same kids are tested every week. But you, you'd have to have that pool be much larger in order for you know, to do a random selection, but the mayor is, is really against, um, you know, just sort of like expecting kids to be part of the pool and let their, letting their parents opt them out. Right. And so I think that the union has compromised a bit on this idea that, that kids must opt out as opposed to opt in, but they still want to get to a point 
where there can be a random selection of kids tested, but I'm not exactly sure of the details of how they get there. Well, there's been a lot of confusion around these uh, school closures. How is the district communicating with parents right now? Uh, And I want to read you a a quote here. Jenny LaFleur sent us a message on Facebook. She says, it's so confusing because you received a very fact-driven email from CPS, then an emotional update from your principal, then a heartfelt message from your teacher. This is not clear-cut at all. Yeah, I think the communication has really been difficult on this. And, you know, for sure, it's a hard situation because things are happening, negotiations are happening, and nobody wants to say prematurely that, like, schools are canceled because that's a signal that negotiations have failed for that day, right? So everyone's kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. But what winds up happening then is that parents don't get, like, official word to very late. And, like, Friday, um, a lot of principals sent messages to parents saying classes were canceled for Monday. But then later, the school district said, yes, canceled their classes are canceled unless we have an agreement. And so that sort of left it in the air. And then parents had to wait until last night um, to hear that. There was no agreement, so therefore classes are canceled. So it is up in there. And then also on the point of, of um, you know, th- this mother, it is true that, you know, there's so many, so much different, you know, opinions going here, and there's a lot of incoming messages for parents. And I think that's also very confusing because, you know, people are concerned about how their children are faring, but they also, you know, a lot of people in Chicago love their parents they love i mean they love their teachers they love their principals um and then they also want their child to be okay so i think there's a lot of different things let's hear from nicole in roscoe village hi nicole welcome to reset hey thanks for having me sure what are your Uh, thoughts on this well i feel like most most of the schools in the country are open and i don't understand why ours can't be there should definitely be a option for remote learning absolutely and anybody who needs to go in that should jump right into remote but the rest of us need to be in school there's a lot of single parents out there who have small children and they cannot hover over a computer for remote learning it's just not an option so yeah you know, we need to be back in school too many strikes i'm hearing a lot of that uh from, from parents at, at my kids' school as well. Thanks for calling, Nicole. Um, Sarah, we know the union released a, a new proposal, right, which would have remote classes begin Wednesday and go through Friday, but the district, they just want kids back in person ASAP. What's a compromise going to look like? Well, you know, I, I think that I, I can't speak out of turn. I don't know. But I, I do think that one really important point to understand is that Teachers, by and large, who I've talked to, don't want remote learning either. That, you know, I I think that we've heard a lot of the mayor saying, you know, I'm fighting for parents who want their kids in person and don't want remote learning. And I I actually think that, you know, teachers thought remote learning was a special kind of special kind of hell. I don't know if I can say that on the radio, but I think that's what they thought about. No, you just it. did. I mean, yes, but it was, it's, <laughs> it's really, I mean, it was really hard for them to connect with students. A lot of, most teachers I've talked to value and want that connection with students. They were very sad when kids were not engaged. I think that all the union has been asking for was a pause in in-person 
and a return to remote learning for a short period of time yeah. so that they could, you know, get this a safety agreement in place. Now, you know, whether you agree with that or not, that's, that's, you know, kind of up in the air. And I think, you know, everybody would have rather that there could have been a safety agreement that could be reached before, you know, this, this shutdown, this canceling of classes altogether. Um, you know, I think it's a it's a good question both for the mayor and for the teachers union as to why that couldn't happen. And I'm sure they both will blame each other. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are speaking with WBEZ's Sarah Karp about the standoff between the city and the Chicago Teachers Union. Classes are canceled today as negotiations continue over COVID safety protocols. We're also taking your calls. Tell us, what are you hearing from your child's school? Are you comfortable with the district's plan to keep kids in school? If not... What would it take to make your family feel safe? Our number is 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that's 866-915-WBEZ. We got a message from Marissa Howard Baker on Facebook who says, when the mayor releases a statement saying we will not relent, it makes you wonder whether they are actually negotiating at all. Let's jump to the phone lines. Here's Madeline in Budlong Woods. Hey, Madeline, welcome to Reset. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I'm a CPS uh, staff member and also a CPS parent. I'm also a, a product of CPS, so I've been in this district my entire life. And one thing that I don't understand is through this negotiation process, why students can't learn remotely while they work out a deal. Remote learning is far better than no learning at all. And my child would rather be online and see his classmates and teachers than sit at home and have nothing, absolutely nothing. That part, I really can't understand. Sarah, how does the district respond to that? I I think the way that I've heard um, the district and the mayor respond is that they kind of feel like if they open the door to remote learning, that it'll get like pushed wide open and we'll never go back. So I think that that's at least how they've responded, why they chose to cancel classes as opposed to, you know, letting some remote learning happen until, um, you know, until there is a safety agreement. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's been their yeah. response. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, we uh, we heard from Allison Sullivan on Twitter. She said, quote, I'm feeling like the negotiations are not at all about the kids of CPS, but are instead about various adult egos. End quote. And she wants to know if there are any organizations that are providing care for school-aged CPS children of essential workers. Do you know of any, Sarah? They're yeah, they're definitely, they're, there's a list that Chicago Public Schools has on their website. So there are many organizations that um, provide what they call safe haven programming, um, you know, in, in just any sort of break, like it, it, spring break, winter break. Um, where it's typically like a church or a community organization that opens their doors to children and will provide some activities. And those are all, um, you know, activated at this time and, pe- and people can drop their children off at those places. About one of every eight CPS teachers or 12.8 percent went to their schools on Thursday, according to CPS. Sarah, what about Friday? Where did we see the most turnout? You know, I, I don't know for sure. I actually have not seen figures for Friday yet. Um, I've been asking on a daily basis, not only for the percentage that showed up, but also where. Um, you know, from from what I've heard, that it's, you know, it's very uneven, that you have some areas of the city which have, you know, very, very high vaccination rates where 
parents are very comfortable sending their kids to in-person learning and the staff also is very in, you know comfortable being in in-person learning where a good majority of the staff is showing up. I mean, I heard one one principal um, tell their staff, their parents that over ninety percent of teachers and staff are showing up. And but then again, most schools that I've you know talked to have said you know if if anyone's showing up, it's a trickle. Um, you know, maybe maybe some teacher assistants who you know can't afford to um, not show up because they you know teachers aren't being paid right now, and mm-hmm. and if if you don't have you know, I actually saw a teacher post on um, Facebook and she was like, you know, I'm going into schools because I need the money. I just can't. I, I'm with my union. I stand with them, but I just cannot afford. I can't afford for it. For personal reason. Yeah. 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 Here's Melanie in Logan Square. Hi, Melanie. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I think the thing that's hardest for me and for a lot of parents is why a plan could not have been worked out earlier. For example, over the winter break, uh, we all knew Omicron cases were rising dramatically. We knew the threat of contagion was greater. We knew that more children were being um, infected with Omicron and and more of them were being hospitalized. So I don't understand why, knowing that, a plan was not put in place. It seems to me that CPS and Lori, essentially Lightfoot, are pretty unwilling to negotiate. I think that um, Mm -hmm. although I do believe that remote learning is definitely a difficult situation and and I would not be thrilled to go back to it, I think remote learning is better than no learning. And I don't understand why we couldn't do remote for a couple of weeks when the threat of infection and contagion was highest. Uh, Although I know Chicago has a decent vaccination rate, my understanding is for uh, school age kids, it's only about 50% for high school and 15%, I believe, for grammar school age. Mm-hmm. So um, that is of great concern to me. To be honest with you, I wasn't thrilled about sending my kids back to school after the break, even though they're both fully vaccinated, um, because I know that there are a lot of other children who aren't there. I know of many families who've had breakthrough cases. So yeah. I, to me, it seemed to me the... Um, sort of more, most clear-headed way of handling this would be to say, let's go for remote remote for two weeks or let's start a week later like the University of Chicago did. And when the threat of contagion is highest, and then we'll go back to in-person. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you, Melanie. I thought the exact same thing. I was a little scared to send them back last week, but I, I thought, you know, we, we could have definitely done another week off and I would have felt better about, especially kids who had traveled over the holidays for, for any possible spread to sort of um, subside before kids would congregate together. And Sarah, we're hearing what Melanie has to say sort of all across the board. we got a related comment from Nellie in Lakeview who called us. Uh, she works at a school and, and said that demands for online learning is reasonable, but parents need to realize that schools are prioritizing student safety. Yeah, I think these are, these are the, the opinions that I'm hearing out there constantly. Just all the, you know, there's there's so many different feelings. And I also, I think that one thing that we forget, you know, this has to do with like your experience as a, you know, as a person living in Chicago with COVID and with schools. And I think that a lot of that's sort of interesting. So how much you trust schools and how much you trust 
and how like how COVID has impacted you. I think that has a lot to do with how people are seeing this. But in, in terms of you know, she mentioned why didn't this get worked out before the you know before school started last was supposed to start last week. Yeah. Um. And you know, I I have to say that this is one area where it was unclear that um the the school district and in fact the the CEO said that they did not think they being the mayor in the school district that they needed agreement union now the union was put on but it was a little up in the air you know how much they standing they had because once the governor did the emergency order and we were in I don't know what phase, but some phase that meant that we could do everything we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a little unclear as to, you know, did the union have standing to get a, a safety agreement? And I think, you know, for sure, the school district did not think so. So while they were negotiating, meeting, they were talking, there was no real fire under that. I, you know, I think the union started to put fire towards and, you know, towards to winter break, like the middle of December and then yeah. during winter break. And, you know, I, I think that maybe nobody really realized like the the onslaught of Omicron and sort of how that would make the safety agreement so much more great. Yeah. Uh, let's get there. Let's uh, hear from a caller here. Uh, Cheryl in Irving Park wants to join us. Hey, Cheryl. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just wanted to say that, you know, I'm a single parent of two young boys, one who is in kindergarten and another who's in third grade and he has special needs. And I just and I'm very pro-union. And I I love my teacher, or my kids' teachers, I should say. Mm -hmm. And I love the principal. And I I also just feel like there's fault on both sides, but I cannot cannot continue like this. I'm a single parent. I have the kids 24-7. The dad is really not in the picture. My kids' remote learning just doesn't work for them. And I'm just like, please, please, I get it, but please work it out. I need my kids to be in school. I'm having unbelievable financial insecurity. The messages that were sent home that were like, oh, if you need daycare, these are some places. And they were like $100 or $200 a day. I'm going to a food bank. I can't be spending $200 a day to send my kids to these places. They were not realistic solutions for me. Oh, thank you and for calling, Cheryl. I literally am driving back from a food bank right now. I mean, I mean, yeah. not literally in the car, but like, I mean, I pulled over. I'm not literally driving. But it, these are not realistic solutions. And I don't know where they think that people can just take off and do remote learning on the drop of a hat like this. It's it's just not realistic. Cheryl, I appreciate you calling and, and sharing that story with us. Sarah? Yeah, and I... I- think that this is something that I'm hearing all over. It's sort of like the hearing all over is people saying, I'm not, this is not to them about the mayor and it's not about the Chicago Teachers Union. They agree with both of them. They there should be safety measures in place so that there's in school and that we do our best to slow the, the spread of COVID. 
and they want kids in school yeah. and they want the two sides to work it out. And, you know, I just I hear this all over the place. That it's like just this frustration that s- suddenly we live in a city that we that there's like no way to just resolve these things without acrimony, you know? Yeah. I, I just think that's that's so much what, what I hear from so many people. It's I think, tough. you know. Yeah, so that's that's what I hear. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Uh, that's WBEZ education reporter Sarah Carp, who we know will be staying close to this story for us. Thank you so much, Sarah, for all that you've been doing. Thank you, too. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.